I'm Mark Ficciani. Welcome to Forge Your Path. To see the type of impact he's been able to have on the lives of his athletes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Forger Path podcast. I'm really excited to be able to share this one with you today. It, this, is a, this is a fantastic experience that I had just a couple of weeks ago. And I am just continually amazed that when you keep your eyes open in life and you just live in a certain way, how life just greets you with certain gifts and leaves you exactly what you want when you need it. So here's a story I want to begin with. So our family is heading to San Francisco for a weekend trip. A uh, good friend of my wife's, whose name is Josh Gershman, his son, Jacoby, was getting his bar mitzvah out in San Francisco. And Josh is one of my wife's oldest friends. They became friends the second day of college at Ithaca back in the day and have remained great friends ever since. Um, so much so, he even stood on my wife's side at our wedding. Uh, we jokingly said he was the bride's bro. So Josh has been in, in her life for a long time, and he's just a great friend. So when it came time, we talked to Josh and his wife, Dre, and we said, absolutely, we'll make our way out, and we'll, we'll come to Jacoby's Bar Mitzvah. So we go out, and it's... It seems like for whatever reason in New Jersey right now, we've had this unbelievable stretch where for I don't know how many weekends in a row, six or seven at least, it rains every weekend. It, it's kind of crazy. And so sure enough, in this case, it's a Friday instead of a Saturday, but we're leaving early for the airport and and we're the departure time is 7 a.m. So get up early hit the workout, packed up, and I sit down and I'm just really excited because I have maybe about eight minutes to enjoy my protein shake. And eight minutes doesn't seem like a whole heck of a lot of time, but right now, this fall in the Pachani household, it's packed. If you have middle school kids, you probably get it where just the schedule is jammed and life is busy between work and them getting to school after school activities, so many extracurriculars, throw the dog in the mix. It's just a busy time. So eight minutes to me is going to be a blissful experience. So I sit down, bags are packed and ready to go. And lo and behold, I'm going to enjoy my protein shake. And two minutes later, the doorbell rings. So I kind of exhale and I get to the door and the pouring rain, I open the door. It's now it's about 6.55. And I'm sure it's the ride to the airport. And so I open the door and I say hello. And I'm greeted by this surly face. Man in umbrella says, we need to leave by seven o'clock. I've got another ride after you. So I kind of take a moment there. I just say, okay. And I go back inside. So immediately... I'm on the defensive because again, you took away my five minutes of my enjoying my protein shake, but that's the professional greeting I'm getting from someone we're paying 
to take us to the airport. So again, I'm not one to hold a grudge, but certainly that first interaction is a negative one. But I begin to, I get my rain jacket on and I begin to start taking the bags out to the car. And as I do so, there's the man holding an umbrella over himself as I pack all the bags in the trunk as I get soaked. So again, just thinking about the professional interaction here of someone I'm paying to take me to the airport and my family, who's making sure he's covered with his umbrella and he's dry as I'm getting soaked. So I get all the bags in, get the family in, it's seven o'clock, we're sitting in the car and my wife is going through her last minute routine where she likes to check if the doors are locked and the oven's off, but it's seven o'clock and he gives an audible <sighs> kind of huffs and disgust. So again, now that's three interactions already that, that have been, let's call it on the negative side. So my wife comes out before it turns 701 and gets in the car and we start going to the airport. So now, now I'm intrigued, right? Now I'm intrigued that I almost kind of have a humorous outlook on it because this is sort of comically bad about the professionalism. Again, I'm getting from a person who's taking us to the airport that we're paying as a service. So um, the car is about 82 degrees. And I personally, I do not like being warm anywhere where I'm inside, whether it's my office and my house, certainly in a car. So I'm melting and I turn the temperature down, at least on my side, to about the 70s. Again, he didn't ask if we were comfortable or if the temperature was okay. So I took it upon myself to change the temperature. And as the ride goes, families in the back, they're scrolling on their phones a little bit. I'm making some small talk with the family. And as we keep moving forward, uh, I realize we go the entire length of the drive to New York Airport, which is about 20, 25 minutes. And the driver says exactly zero words to us. Zero. No conversation whatsoever. I don't engage him. I've chosen not to. He's not engaging me. Zero words. So we get to the airport. Um, now it's time to take the bags out. He again comes out with his umbrella. At uh, this time, he kind of half-heartedly hands me a bag or two, covering himself while I'm getting rained on. And I pretty much take the rest of the bags out. And my wife turns around and as the time goes, close the door, she says, thank you. And he doesn't respond, he closes the door and drives away. Now my wife comes over and asks me and she says, did you, did you leave him a tip? And I kind of chuckled and I said, absolutely not. Now, to be clear, this already had a 20% gratuity built in, so he was tipped. But sometimes I often like to give somebody a little something extra because I understand what it's like in the service industry. At one time, many moons ago, in my early 20s, I was a waiter. Uh, I've worked in catering, again, when I was in my youth. I've worked different jobs. I understand that a little extra goes a long way. And it's a meaningful gesture. So I usually do try to do that. But in this case, uh, there was no chance I was going to give this guy anything extra because not only did he do zero, he did less than zero in terms of his service. So we go through security. And if you've ever been to Newark Airport, you know that that's almost like usually, uh, I don't know, it's it's essentially it's anywhere between unpleasant and outright hostile, just going through Newark Airport, where they like to yell at you and give you different commands. The rules change every time. Shoes off, shoes on, keep your laptops in the bag, take the laptops out, belts on, belts off. So go through security. 
Um, and we're always carrying the extra carry bags. We make our way to the gate and now it's time to sit down and we've got a good hour and a half to burn before the flight. And I love that period because go find a new book, go get something to drink, uh, check out the kiosk and just sit and maybe read something. So there's nothing to do. We have time and I decide I'm going to sit down and I go in my bag. I always pack three or four books. I take out this book and I decide to give it a look. And it's something that I've gotten probably, I don't know, a month beforehand that I hadn't opened it up. So it's this book, Business Relationships That Last by Ed Wallace. And I had had a chance to briefly meet Ed at a con expo probably six months earlier. And we had a chance to meet, I think it was a couple months prior on Zoom, get to know him a little bit. He's got a business that is that revolves around building business relationships. And I said, hey, at the time, I'm not sure if it's something that we need or or not, but, but certainly after talking with him, um, I said, I'm happy to read the book. I'm happy to pass this on uh, a copy to our CEO and I'll, I'll read it, interested in learning more. And I found it to be a really interesting guy, but I didn't get a chance to open up the book just because life got super busy. So, cause I had this great interaction with him and I thought, yes, I will definitely do this at some point. So we're at the airport and yeah, now's the time. So I'm laughing as I start to read chapter one, because lo and behold, what's the beginning of the book about? It starts talking about Ed's car travel. Ed, like me, had a young family at the time, and he had to travel for business. So oftentimes what he would do is he would try to do the same day turnaround. So he could get home and get back and have dinner with the family at night and be with his kids. So Ed would get early morning trips to be able to get back same day. Well, on this particular day, his car was in the shop. So instead of driving himself to the airport, his wife booked him a taxi service. And so it's 5 a.m. on this particular day, and that's the time for the pickup. And he's a little bit anxious because he's ready to go before 5. And probably at 5, as he goes to open the door, he sees a man walking up the walkway. And he opens the door, and this gentleman says, good morning, Ed, nice to meet you. And Ed says, nice to meet you. And he helps him bring the bags out. And he sees this classic vintage British taxi. They get in the car and it's impeccable. Clean as can be. There's bottled water there. And he finds out this man's name is Max. And he's, first of all, he wonders how he, how he knew his name. And he takes this ride to the airport. And it's one of the most pleasurable experiences he's had. And someone he didn't know immediately puts him at ease. And he finds himself opening up and sharing kind of some personal information he normally doesn't share. So much so that they get to the end of the ride and he says, Max, I'd love to be able to book you again next week because Ed had a weekly travel at this point. And Max took a pause and said, Ed, I would love to take you next week, but unfortunately I'm solidly booked for three weeks in advance. So, Ed's a little taken aback and says, okay, well, can I book you for three weeks from now? And Max says, I'd love to do that. So 
certainly he waits the three weeks and then goes on another trip. And this became the beginning of a longstanding relationship where every week when he had travel, he booked Max. Max became part of his regular routine. And with every interaction, Max became more and more meaningful, not only part of his journey to the airport, but a meaningful part of his life. And it was so interesting that Max became this great mentor for him in business and, and taught Ed so much about already the successes he was having about how to build relationships that last. So isn't it ironic? Here I am in the airport after having this horrendous travel experience. And I opened this book, which is about a phenomenal travel experience and an opener for business relationships. Amazing how the world works like that. So I want to share a couple of takeaways from business relationships that last, because to me, there are so many common sense things about this book that I love. And so many times it's easy in a book to get technical and technical is important. But when you think about business, when you think about life, relationships are the core of everything. And the quality of those relationships has a lot to do with not only the quality of your business, but the quality of your connections and the quality of your life. So I want to share three things that stood out for me in this book and really resonated with me. So number one, number one, it's the little things that count. The little things that count. So in terms of Max's business, we already mentioned some of them, but on the way to this relationship, he did so many things right. He was on time, of course. He was punctual. That goes without saying. But him giving the warm greeting and knowing his customer's name before they've even met made a difference. The clean taxi and a British taxi at, at that is a distinctive piece of his brand. Bottled water in the taxi. And then the ability to engage people and make them feel comfortable by asking simple questions, having the interest and focus on them as opposed to on themselves. All of these little things are the keys that I think distinguish what makes a great relationship from really an, a forgettable one or an average one. And so how many times do we ignore the little things? How many times do we forget to say thank you at all? let alone if someone thanks us verbally, it's a nice thing. But how much different is it when someone writes a handwritten thank you note? How much does that resonate? Because it's a little thing, but it's specific, it's meaningful, and maybe it's a bit of a lost art in today's world. I'm a huge fan of the handwritten thank you note. So little things may not seem to be that difficult to do, and you're right but how often do we do them? How often do we do the little things that distinguish us to show that we are someone that cares, that we are someone that has pride in our work and we are somebody that strives for excellence? I would argue that most of the time, most people, most companies, they don't do that. They don't, they say that they do, but they typically do things like everybody else. So to me, the importance of the little things really resonated, especially at the beginning of this book. That's number one. So for you, 
What are the little things in your life that you either are doing already that are difference makers for you that you want to make sure you keep continue to do? And perhaps if you're not, maybe in some ways you're average or you're doing okay. What are some of the little things you can identify that might be the difference makers to bring you from average to good or from good to excellent? That's my challenge for you to think about. Number two, this concept of GPS, GPS. So along the way of building relationships that last, Ed talks about the relational ladder. And most people stay in the realm of acquaintances, which is, of course, the lowest rung of the ladder. But as you get to know people, as you get to build, you have the opportunity to move from an acquaintance to a professional peer, and then in some rare cases, a trusted advisor, where perhaps you not only moved into a realm where you trust each other professionally, but perhaps personally as well. Now, not every relationship can become a trusted advisor because that requires more time and more care. But of course, thinking about the most important relationships you have, hopefully you do have those trusted advisors where you have the experience, you have the, you're pouring yourself in where you have given so much, not only professionally, but personally as well to cultivate what is an extremely important relationship. So on the way, how do you get there? Well, one of the pieces that Ed talks about is he says GPS. And we're not talking about global positioning systems. We're not talking about satellites. To get to know somebody and to move from an acquaintance to a professional peer, and of course, from a peer to a trusted advisor, you've got to be able to understand their goals, their passions, and their struggles goals, passions, and struggles. So along the lines of getting to know somebody and asking those questions, that is an opportunity to be able to move forward. Max had the artful ability to continue to do that because with every ride, by doing the little things, he put Ed at ease and he would ask good questions. He got to know what made Ed tick. He talked about uh, so many little things that made a difference. One day there's a book, there's a story in the book that talks about how Ed had a neighbor and the neighbor was to Ed's admission, a bit of a curmudgeon. And Ed always just never got more than a grunt or a passing wave from the guy. And he's amazed that all of a sudden one day, Max is, is talking to this guy and all of a sudden it looks like they're having this dynamic conversation. Well, guess what? Ed had engaged this neighbor and started talking about his garden and learn about the work he did. And they began talking about it. So by understanding this neighbor's goals, passions, and struggles, Max built this relationship pretty quickly. So in thinking about that, in thinking about your professional relationships, the people that are important to you, how much are you really getting to understand their goals, passions, and struggles? Because the book puts out this question, maybe perhaps you might think of people as professional peers, but you, you might be in acquaintance land because you don't know their goals, passions, and struggles. So I think that's something to think about as you're looking to advance relationships. Do you know people's goals, passions, and struggles? If you don't, get to know them. 
All right, here's takeaway number three, CIA. And we're not talking about the Central Intelligence Agency. So how do you build rapport with people? How do you go from acquaintance to professional peer, and then ultimately to get to that trusted advisor space? Another acronym that I really liked in this was the concept of thinking about what are the qualities, what are the values you need to embody in order to do that? Because you don't just go about asking questions like an interrogation, you got to show up and actually walk the walk. So three ways that Ed talks about that Max certainly walked the walk was through credibility, integrity, and authenticity. Credibility, integrity, authenticity. So credibility, how do you establish that? Show the expertise in what you're able to do. So again, in Max's realm, it's things like being on time, having a clean taxi, having bottled water, that establishes a certain level of credibility. In addition to that, of course, it's along the way of taking these rides, he shows he's the ultimate professional because he puts Ed at ease. Why? He asks some questions about himself. Ed jokes in the book, I got to talk about my favorite topic, me. It's everybody's favorite topic. So that's how Max is able to establish some credibility. So of course, in any realm that you want to become great and you want to build better relationships, you have to show you can do the job and you're excellent at it. So there's a certain level of competence that goes with that. Integrity, integrity. So integrity is doing what you say you're going to do. One way that Max showed that was this aspect of after that first booking, he takes Ed to the airport, they have a great trip. And of course, Max had the opportunity to probably squeeze out another customer. He had an unbelievable list of customers. So he probably easily could have said, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna have to cancel. Um, and I apologize because he wanted to build a relationship with Ed because sure, he risked losing Ed as a customer by saying, I can't book you for three weeks, but someone with integrity doesn't do that. Someone with integrity knows that they're honoring the commitments they've made and they're making good on it. He easily could have done that, but instead he showed integrity by being loyal to the customers he's already booked by being true to his own word. And in doing so, he ultimately does earn Ed's respect. And Ed comes in three weeks later, takes a ride, and never looks back and continues this aspect of working with them. So are you doing the things that you say you're going to do? Are you doing that right thing when no one's watching? To me, those are the measures of integrity that show people that you are someone that has that core that not only you want to work with, but you want to be around and you can trust. Integrity. Finally, it's authenticity. It's authenticity. To me, it's a great aspect of different people you can trust is that they are themselves. It doesn't mean that they're brash or they're rude or they go out and say, I can just do whatever I want. I don't think that's necessarily authenticity because there are plenty of people in the world that pride themselves on that. Authenticity is simply being yourself and conducting yourself in a certain way where you don't try to put on airs and pretend that you're somebody else. So 
one of the ways that this was reflected in the book and Ed learned from Max, he said the three most powerful words, perhaps in a business relationship, is I don't know. I don't know. So many times in business, even in personal life, I've heard the advice of people saying, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Because it's really hard until you've had that first experience to be able to build and do it again and again. And people don't want to know that this is your first venture or your first time doing something. To me, I always felt uncomfortable when I heard that advice. It always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So by saying things like, I don't know, you were actually establishing a level of trust and authenticity. And I think in personal life, in relationships, and in business, by saying, I don't know, you are establishing you're somebody that you are honest and that you may be able to go find out that answer, but you don't have all the answers. So rather than pretending that you do, be authentic. And when you don't know the answer, say, I don't know. It's okay to do. That to me was an incredible takeaway because I feel like it runs counter to so much of what's out there today, especially in business. So credibility, integrity, authenticity. So to close here, uh, I'm just so thankful that I got a chance to meet Ed Wallace and I got a chance to see this book. Um, it's incredible that I had, I'm so thankful I had this negative car experience because it wouldn't have provided me with this contrast to then learn about Max in business relationships at last. And after having a chance to read this book, after having that prior interaction with Ed, I now just feel that this is someone that was a personal acquaintance. And I feel as though we're now on track to become professional peers and who knows, maybe even one day trusted advisors. I got a chance in my interaction, talk with him about some of his own things he's working on, other books, other creative projects that uh, I'm sure will come to fruition and perhaps I'll talk about in the future. But I'm very grateful to have run across this book. And for anybody who's out there that wants to build better relationships, take a look at business relationships that last. Uh, his whole piece about the relational ladder is just gold. If you're someone who runs a corporation or you, you work with a sales team, as a little quick FYI, they have built the, in partnering with Salesforce, the first and only app that measures relational value in business deals. Pretty interesting because 89% of business owners will talk about relationships as a core aspect of their business and their success with their customers, but an extreme minority are actually measuring that and making it part of how they build their own ROI in their businesses. So whether you're just somebody that wants to connect with people better or you're a business owner or someone who's a sales leader, I highly recommend this book. So Ed, thank you so much for the opportunity to read this. I look forward to continuing our relationship and everyone else listening to this podcast, go out there, grab this book, do the little things that count and you'll be amazed at how your relationships will move forward. Thanks and I'll see you next time.